this morning, brothers and sisters, because our God, who knows us, who loves us, who sees us, who remembers us, he hears us, and he wants to hear from us. Amen. This morning's service is somewhat atypical, and this morning's sermon will also be somewhat atypical. Most of you know that I typically preach for about an hour on Sunday morning, and you wouldn't have it any other way. Amen. I'm going to preach a very short sermon this morning. Uh, Boo, boo, yes. Uh, I'm going to give you a brief exposition of the text, and then we are going to spend the majority of our time together this morning responding to God's word together in prayer. So let me read the text. We're in Exodus chapter 2. If you don't have a pew Bible, excuse me, if you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to grab the pew Bible in front of you or use your Bible app. We are in chapter 2, verses 23 through 25. During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery, and they cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God saw the people of Israel. And God knew. As we return to the book of Exodus this morning and the story of Exodus, we find the Israelites continuing to suffer in Egypt. And you'll remember, of course, that Egypt is the land of suffering. It's the land of sorrow. It's the land of death. It's the land of exile. It's the land of slavery. The suffering that we encounter from the Israelites in this morning's text is no light suffering. We're going to briefly survey four aspects of their suffering. The cause of their suffering, the extent of their suffering, or the depth, the duration of their suffering, and then their response to their suffering. First, the cause of their suffering. Verse 23 says that Israel groaned because of their slavery. And wrapped up in that language of slavery is, is a lot. It's all of the oppression. It's the exile in a foreign land. It's, there's a lot there. We've talked about that at length, so I won't elaborate on that again this morning. But that is the cause of their suffering. Secondly, the extent of their suffering. Verse 23 says that the people of God suffered many days. Now we know from the rest of the story that the people of Israel were enslaved for four Hundred years. 400 years. So many days indeed. Thirdly, the depth of their suffering. The text says that the people of God groaned. Groaned. When you think of groan, you should think of someone who's hurting so bad, they're in such deep pain that they cannot conjure up words to express the extent of their suffering. They groan, they cry out to God for rescue, they have no earthly hope. The text begins by saying that the Pharaoh died and yet their pain was not alleviated. So 
It's not like in our context where we hope the passing of one president to another or one governor to another or one mayor to another or one police chief to another will bring about hope and restoration. Every pharaoh that comes is just as wicked and oppressive as the last ever since the days of Joseph and they suffer under this burden. Finally, the response, the Israelites' response to their suffering. The text tells us that they cried out. They cried out for help and for deliverance. And then the text tells us that God responds to their cries of help in four different ways. First, the text tells us that God hears. God hears. I've told you this story before, and it is a little graphic, only a little, and at the expense of talking about myself too much, I try not to overuse it, but I want to share it with you this morning so you can understand the point that's being made here. One of my earliest memories as a child is um, of being molested by my mother. And I, I fled the bedroom, and I, I ran, and I, I hid, and I locked myself in the bathroom. And I, th- I, was, I must have been four or five years old, and I didn't know what to do, and, but I prayed. I prayed, and I said, God, help me. And, and it felt like he didn't. It felt like he didn't. And I, I was very angry at God for that for a long time because the abuse didn't stop. My point is, sometimes in the midst of our terrible suffering, we believe the lie that says God doesn't hear our prayers. Right? He can't hear our, our groans and our, our desperate pleas, Lord, deliver me. And Satan is in our ear and he's saying, who are you talking to? There's no one there. Why bother with prayer? No one can hear you. Help is not coming. But we know, don't we, brothers and sisters, that God does hear us when we are hurting, when we are broken, when we are despairing, when we are experiencing so much suffering that we can't even talk. All we can do is groan and release our our cries into the pillow at night. When, when that's all we can do, we know that God hears us. And the text also says that God sees us. I don't think that there's supposed to be much of a differentiation between these two words. I think the idea is that God's knowledge of our suffering is comprehensive. He knows, he sees, he, he hears, he is aware. There's no part of our suffering that he is blind to or deaf to. Next, the text says that God remembered God remembered them. Well, what exactly did God remember? Well, I think the idea is that he remembered his covenant. His, his, remember, a covenant is a relationship grounded in a promise. So what the, what the text is saying is that God did not forget his promise to his people. He remembered his loving relationship with them. This is just another way of God saying, hey, listen, don't you think for a second that I don't see what's going on here and that I'm not going to fix this. Now, you might be tempted to think, well, does this mean that God forgot his promise? Friends, no. That's what it means to be God. God cannot forget his promises. So one of the main comforts from this story is not merely that God 
didn't forget his promise, but that because he is Yahweh, God of Israel, the most high God, the only true God of the universe, he cannot forget. So in the midst of your suffering and your pain and your sorrow, if you are wondering, has God forgotten me? The gospel that you have to preach back to yourself is that not only does God not forget, he can't forget. Number three, God knew. Man, there's so much comfort packed into these two words. God knew. You could also put this into the present tense. God knows. God knows our suffering. God knows our sorrows, our tears, our needs. The people of Israel were living this out in the present tense. They needed God, and God knew that he, that, that, uh, he was needed. This is not just an Old Testament reality. When you look in the book of Revelation, you see on several different occasions, every time that, that the Lord Jesus addresses the church, the seven churches, he says that, I know, I know your works, I know your tribulation, I know your poverty, I know your toil, I know your endurance, I know that you are dwelling in the midst of Satan. Friends, God knew what his people were going through in Egypt. God knew what his people were going through in ancient Rome. And God knows what his people are going through today, right here, in this, room, in this room, in this church, in your heart, in your life. God knows. So, so, do we believe this? Do we believe this? What do you think? Do you believe it? If it's true that God really does see and hear and know and remember, then that should move us to do something. That should, that should cause us to take action in the midst of our suffering and our need and our sorrow. We should be like Israel. We should say, our God is there. He is real. He loves us. Let's go to him. The book of James says, do not be merely a hearer of the word but be a doer also. And so as I was thinking about this text, I just kept thinking, what does it look like for us as a church to be a doer of this word if we really, by faith, believe this about our God? What does it look like for us to cry out for deliverance? So I want to ask you to take a moment, and I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about your circumstance. And I want you to ask yourself, in what way... Am I like the Israelites? Where do I need help? Where do I need deliverance? I'm just going to run through a list, just things that I thought through during the week. You can supplement your own. Maybe you're in a struggling marriage, and it feels like there's no hope, and you've basically given up. Maybe you're wrestling with a chronic illness, and sometimes you're so tired of being sick that you would really rather just die. Maybe you're wrestling with an addiction that you just cannot seem to overcome no matter how much you try. Maybe you're dealing with a child that is walking away from the faith. Maybe there's a sin in your life that you just cannot seem to put to death. Maybe you have a grandchild with behavioral issues. Maybe you have financial burdens. Maybe you are feeling crippled by fear and anxiety and depression. 
Maybe you are perpetually doubting your own salvation. You just cannot for the life of you find assurance even though the gospel promises it to you week in and week out. Maybe, maybe you need deliverance from grief. Maybe you're grieving the loss of a child or you're grieving the fact that you can't have children. Maybe you're struggling to find contentment in Jesus. Maybe you need deliverance from the wounds that you have from really dangerous, unhealthy experiences in your past, abuses that you have suffered, scars that you just, they just seem to come up every day, every week, every month, every year of your life. Maybe you are wrestling with guilt over past sins. The gospel has promised you that you are forgiven and yet you cannot receive it. And you cannot be delivered from the accusations of Satan, at least in your own mind. Maybe you're wrestling with singleness and loneliness and fear that you will never find a life partner. Or maybe you just feel constantly and consistently overwhelmed by the reality of sin and life in this fallen world. I might not have hit your burden, your need, your lament, but you know in your heart what you need. Now, listen, maybe it's entirely possible that you're sitting here this morning and you are thinking, actually, I'm doing pretty good. I can't identify with any of this. I'm not struggling. I'm not hurting. I don't need deliverance. What are you doing here? You're in the wrong place. And by the way, you're probably either lying or just not very self-aware. As a pastor of this church, I can tell you that every single saint in this room is hurting. We all have needs. We all need to cry out for deliverance. But here's the thing, okay, guys. As we respond to this text together, you have to know that it is not enough to merely cry in response to your suffering. It's not enough just to cry. You have to cry out. You have to take your pain, your suffering, your lament, your sorrow. You have to take it to God, the God who sees and hears and knows and remembers. Crying won't fix your situation. Crying won't deliver you. Grief is not a good God. Only God can deliver you. And so we're going to have a time of corporate prayer this morning. We're going to have a microphone so that anyone here who feels led to can, with the support of the church, cry out to God for help. Now, I get it. The idea of standing up in front of a room full of people and kind of bearing your soul to the Lord may be very intimidating for some of us. And you might be thinking, I could never, I could never do that. Never say never. You don't know what the Spirit of God might do for you this morning. I want to tell you that maybe you can. And I want to tell you that one of the reasons why I think you might be able to is because we're a family. Okay? This is not a room full of strangers. There may be some people here that you don't know, but the vast majority of people in this room are people that you're going to be together with in heaven. You know them. They know you. How can you be embarrassed in front of your family? And you're supposed to be talking to God anyways. This is not a performance. 
Just talk to God. We all need help. We're all idiots. We're all sinful. We're all victims of the world, the flesh, and the devil. So my exhortation, my encouragement, my plea to you, the members of Sixth Avenue, before we enter into this time of prayer, is for us to, let's be the church. Okay? Everywhere you go, everyone you talk to, everyone, everyone, they're all hurting. They all need help. They all desperately need God to move on their behalf, but they're walking around with masks on. They're pretending like everything is okay when it's not. And if there is ever a place for us to be holy and show ourselves as different from the world, it's right here, to be honest, to be vulnerable, to be the church, to be honest with God, ourselves, and our our neighbors. So I pray that we will. Three comments before we get started in prayer. Number one, it's okay if you don't make it up to the microphone to pray this morning. I don't expect every single person in this room to come up and pray publicly. Uh... But I want you to know that if you're wrestling and you're trying to decide whether or not to do it, we are here with you, we love you, we support you, and if you don't, that's okay too. Number two, if you're a visitor and you feel compelled to pray as well, I want to welcome you to come pray. You don't have to be a member of Sixth Avenue. If you are a blood-bought believer in Jesus Christ, you can come up and cry out for deliverance. If you do not know the Lord, you most of all need deliverance. So I would encourage you also to come up and pray. But please do remember that Scripture says that all things must be done decently and in order. Number three, we're also going to have some Scriptures of lament at our podium this morning. Uh, If you feel like you want to participate, but you don't know that you can bring yourself to pray, you are certainly welcome to come up and read one of these Scriptures of lament and participate in our service. Luke, Russell. Lord, we are your people, and we need your help. I need your help. You see what we are going through in our lives, Lord, corporately and individually. And a big part of us being able to be honest and transparent and to call out to you, has to do with the ministry of the pastors in this church. And Lord, so often we are so afraid to admit our weaknesses, our flaws. We are afraid that they might be used against us, that people will see us for what we really are, which is weak and vulnerable. 
Lord, I particularly wrestle with that fear after some difficult pastoral situations last year. I have found it increasingly difficult to entrust myself to the elders and to the members of the church to be fully transparent. And so I need your help, God. Help me to believe the gospel and to not fear man. Help me to fear you above all else. To remember that I have to give an account to you on the last day. Lord, um, you also know about the lust that I struggle with in my heart. That no one may see, but that you see. And you know how I've, I've dealt with it since a young man. And although you have given me tremendous victory in many ways, how that fire still burns in my heart. God, I want more than anything to be delivered from it, to not even have to wrestle with it. I'm so tired of this fight. I don't want to have to have software on my computer and my cell phone. I don't want to have to confess to my wife and to my elders. I'm so tired of fighting God. I need to be delivered. And I feel like the Israelites, like I've been waiting for your deliverance for so long, for many days. And sometimes I come to believe the lie that says there is no such thing as deliverance, like you won't actually fix this like you can't sanctify this like the gospel has no true power over this area of my life so God help me to believe help me to trust in all of your gospel promises I pray this in the name of Jesus amen Holy God, you are on high in your majesty, but yet you look down and you see us, and you have compassion on us. Help us, God, to believe that. Holy God, I lament. Tammy's spiritual situation, Lord, how she's spurned you, how lost she is, the person that I love the most in this world, and God, I've prayed thousands of times, help me believe that you hear
Help me believe it to you, Lord. Help me, Lord, to live in your sovereignty. Your ways are right. Your, your ways are righteous, infinitely righteous. God, you will have mercy on who you will have mercy on. Help me, Lord, to have faith. Help me, Lord, to see that it's not over with yet. That no matter how many times I've prayed and and that prayer has not been answered, that that doesn't mean that it won't be answered in the future. Lord, I lament the loss of relationships that she had in this church. And I lament the loss of the relationships that should be. The absence of her life in this church. Lord, I lament that she's sitting in a church right now, only superficially in the gospel. But I pray, Lord, that you will use a crooked stick to draw a straight line. And that even, even the tidbits of the gospel that she's getting, Lord, that even though they're weak and they come from a, a biblically unqualified mouth, that your strength is mighty, that you can work even through the weakest thing in this world and that you will save her. Lord, I lament the tension and the, the, um, just the hardship that this has caused us in our marriage, the, the disunity. We don't get to worship you together in our marriage. It just doesn't exist. I lament that we don't have fellowship and hosting meals and social socializing with the saints all that part is gone Lord so I pray that you'll bring it back I pray for deliverance I pray Lord that you see this situation and that you work in it for your glory I pray, Lord, that you'll change your heart. Lord, I lament my sin. I know you forgive me, but I lament the negative effects it's had on my life, on, on, on Tammy and on, on the kids. I've got two kids that don't really know you. It doesn't seem like, but they would say that they know you. I missed out on raising them up in your ways. There's so much that sin has taken away, Lord. But I know that one day you're going to make everything right and that your ways are better and your ways are higher than even we can understand, even, even begin to fathom. And so, Lord, I just pray that you'll be with us and that you'll bless us and that you'll bring the light of the gospel to us, and that we'll have faith in it, and we'll always cling to it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Lord, I lament that I, with, with so many others, often doubt your goodness and your, uh, your saving of me. Lord, I lament my sin struggles of lust and of pride, of self-exaltation. Lord, I need to be delivered from these things. Lord, I need to be delivered from so many, so many mental struggles. Lord, I lament my broken mind. so often gives way to blasphemous thoughts, thoughts of, uh, that are intrusive. And so, Lord, I ask for your deliverance. Lord, I lament the uh, other ways that my mind is broken uh, as it often causes me to obsess and over many things that can't be settled without faith and so I ask Lord to that you would forgive me of my unbelief that you would help me look forward to the day when I will be healed of these things Lord I lament that others share in this as well whether it's mental struggle from our broken bodies or as a result of our own sin or a mixture. Lord, I lament that, that these things are so. Lord, I know that your deliverance in one sense has come and it is coming more fully. Lord, but I pray that for me, for my own heart, and for those here that we would look forward to the day when we have new minds, new bodies, when our faith will have its reward, which is to see you face to face. But would you help us, Lord, to, to have faith in the meantime, to believe you, even in the midst of our unbelief, would you Fill us with the Holy Spirit to put it to death. Lord, there, there are so many, so many other things to lament. And you know them all. And so, Lord, I, I lament them all to you. And I, I thank you that though this suffering is real, that uh, your deliverance is coming, that you do not treat us according to what we deserve. but you've saved us and your salvation will be fully known very soon. God, even in the midst of this lamenting, uh, please glorify your name and build up your church. Uh, help us to walk in, in fear of you, in humility, and love towards one another. Pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, 
I lament that so many of us have friends and family, people that we love that are unsaved, um, that, that they see us loving you and, and, and as best we can in our lives, and yet still they do not turn from their sin. They do not turn from their anger at you. Um, they do not get to, to just bathe in the wonderful love and acceptance and comfort that only you can give us here on this earth and then our salvation for all of eternity. And I lament that, that some of us will not persevere, that we will let the, the evils of this world uh, tempt us and, and, and take our minds away uh, from your word and from the things that you write even in our hearts. God, you are amazing. There is no one above you. There is no one more awesome than you. And there is no one who can love more fully and completely than you. You can love us enough in our sin to take us and make us your own. And so for those who may be having a hard time, if they haven't had parents or their parents weren't good role models, Lord, I, I just ask that you ask them to look to you and remember that you, you are our Father and you love us. And for those of us who, who deal with our loved ones who, who turn from you, Lord, help us, build us up, help us to persevere. Humble us when we need to be humbled and allow us to show the grace that you give in our life every single day. From moment to moment, you keep us alive. From moment to moment, you love us. And in loving us, you allow us to love other people. And it, that is a blessing, too. And I just praise you for being such an amazing creator to create so many people and such a diverse group of people that you love each and every one of us in our uniqueness. And Lord, I just ask that you, when we're in our deepest trials, we're in our deepest sadness, that you help our church family be even better. Help us be brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and sons and daughters and grandparents to one another. Help us to be a real family because we will be spending eternity with you and these people. And it will be the most magnificent thing because you designed it. And everything you have made is good. 
And so even the hard times, God, I thank you. I praise you. I love that you know that my stubborn heart needed to be humbled. And I pray that you'll be with my family and you will help this church be with my family if there's a time I'm no longer with them. And that they will know that I will be with the one that I love above all else. And so I praise you, God, for first loving us and for sustaining us, creating us, and, and, and keeping our hearts strong despite this world. Amen. Dear Lord, I pray for my wife and I, you know, the situation we have. And you know that we're both hurting. And I know that you see both of us and that you orchestrate everything. And my mind knows that, but my heart struggles to accept it. And I try to run everywhere else that I can to try to heal the pain or ignore the pain or try to cover it up with something else. Please help us both to continue to bring it before you and to focus on how much you've loved us and how much we love each other. And just <laughs> you've ordained everything, and I know we're not deserving of joy or happiness, but I know that you've promised us both of those in Christ that we'll have that for eternity. And I know, as of the Exodus and the Israelites, that there was a generation you delivered, and there was a generation that died in Egypt, many generations that did, and you were the God of both of them, and you ordained all of that, and you ordained all our hurt now, and the healing now, and whether or not you deliver us or give us joy, now, I know that you will ultimately. So I pray for us that you just help us remember that and lean on each other and, and bring it all before you every day, every week. And that you will show us what you will have us to do. I thank you for opening both of our eyes in the times that you did. And I know there's a reason you opened both of our eyes at the times that you did. I thank you for everything you've given us that's good and everything you've given us that hurts. Because I know it's all working into your plan whether I can see it or not. 
As Ben comes up, let's let God's word give us more strength as we cry out to him. Psalm chapter 6, verse 2 through 7 and 9. Be gracious to us, O Lord, for we are languishing. Heal us, O Lord, for our bones are troubled. Our soul is also greatly troubled, but you, O God, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver our lives. Save us for the sake of your steadfast love, for in death there is no remembrance of you. And Sheol, who will give you praise? We are weary with moaning. Every night we flood our bed with tears. We drench our couch with weeping. Our eyes waste away because of grief. And the Lord has heard our plea. And the Lord accepts our prayer. Heavenly Father, um, just come before you this morning. First of all, thank you for uh, bringing, us this, bringing us to this church. I'm so thankful for the brothers and sisters here, uh, support they have been to us, uh, especially the elders. Luke, uh, Will, Sean, Russell. Shane, all of them. God, you know uh, <sighs> what we're going through with uh, Mazzy. Lord, it. Some of those moments when uh, I don't have the words. And I know that you are faithful, but I'll admit this evil. That is dragging our daughter away. Someone who professed to know Jesus Christ and then to turn her back so quickly to be wooed by the world, its, its lies, its God, you know. Her heart, we do not. I pray, God, that you would turn her heart back to you if it was yours to begin with. But I lament what it has done in my spiritual life. The lack of trust, the anger, The thought that if I could have done something else, taken all the power and glory away from you, I hate it. 
But as the psalmist said, we will praise you again. We will lead the procession in joy. And all these things, I know that there are others here going through the same struggles. I mean, listen, our brother Michael, Tammy, God help us. We can do nothing without you. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, Father, we cry out to you because as we look around at this world, it's so evil. God, the wicked seem to prosper. They seem to not have any hindrance to their evil schemes. There are companies that are profiting financially over the murder of babies there are organizations who are profiting over distributing drugs that would alter the hormones of our young children. And Lord, not only are they profiting financially, but Lord, they're profiting because they're deceiving people. They're deceiving people who, who may even be yours. They're deceiving people who are the children of those who are yours. Lord, why are they prospering? Lord, there's so many deceptive messages out there that even sometimes your people, even me, even us, are deceived by them. We would be deceived that evangelism is... is is intolerant. Lord, it seems as if the wicked are, are not struck by the pangs of this world or the pangs of death. Oh Lord, but when we enter into the gathering of your people and when we open your word. We know why it is that you delay. We, you delay because if it were not for your delay, we would be destroyed with these evil people. So God, we look to you in hope. We thank you for what Jesus has done. And Lord, we pray that the gospel would spread across the world as the oceans so that these evil people would hear and turn and repent and Lord we look forward to the day when evil is no more so come quickly Lord Jesus we ask in Jesus name amen brothers and sisters there's a lot uh, a lot more for us to pray Luke is going to lead us in a song you can remain seated pull out your hymnals Luke, what page? 
406, let's sing and ask God to continue to help us as we seek him in prayer. Christ the sure and steady anchor in the fury of the storm. When the winds of doubt blow through me, when my sails have all been torn, in the suffering, in the sorrow, when my sinking hopes are few, I will hold fast to the anchor, it will never be removed. Christ the sure and steady anchor, while the tempest rages on. When temptation claims the battle and it seems the night has won, deeper still then goes the anchor. Though I justly stand accused, I will hold fast to the anchor. It shall never be removed. Christ the sure and steady anchor through the floods of unbelief. Hopeless somehow, oh my soul now, lift your eyes to Calvary. This my ballast of assurance, see his love forever prove. I will hold fast to the anchor, it shall never be removed. Christ the sure and steady anchor as we face the wave of death. When these trials give way to glory as we draw our final breath. We will cross that great horizon, clouds behind and life secure. And the calm will be the better for the storms that we endure. As Miss Janice comes up to pray with us, I know that an extended time of prayer is something that a lot of us aren't used to, but it's really good for our souls. Psalm 39, verses 12 through 13. Hear our prayers, O Lord, and give ear to our cries. Hold not your peace at our tears, for we are a sojourner with you, a guest like all of our fathers. Look away from us that I might smile again before we depart and am no more. 
I only like to play, pray silently. When I, when I am asked to pray out loud, I am out of my comfort zone. When John asked me to pray today, I said, no way. He said, you can write it down or on paper or use a telephone. I told him, I don't pray what pretty prayers. He said, praying is not a competition. So go home and pray about it. And I prayed about it, and I always said no on my mind all the time. Friday. Friday, I was putting dishes in the pantry. I saw a writing pad. I think it was God telling me to pray. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for letting me be a part of Sixth Avenue. I remember when Sean came, we only had about 30 attending. Sean's sermons were straight from the Bible. Many people came and more people came. This made my heart so happy. I try to welcome everyone, but my 76-year-old brain doesn't always remember names. Heavenly Father, thanks for letting this church that I love so dearly grow such a precious amount. I hope Christmas will be a time for remembering the reason for the season. Thank you, God, for loving me. Amen. Romans chapter 7, verses 15 and 21 through 24. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. And so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Let's pray through that now. Holy God, You see how we do not understand our own actions. Lord, we lament that. We lament that sin has so darkened our minds that we don't even know why we do what we do. We lament that you created us good and and made us in your image so that we would magnify your glory all over the earth, and yet we don't. So often we're We're dumb, and we're foolish, and we're broken, and we're messed up, sinful people, and we hate that. We lament that fact, even though you've already made us a new creation in Christ, and yet, like a dog that goes back to its vomit, we go right back to our sin, right back to our sexual immorality and lust, right back to our anxiety, right back to our 
concerns of the affairs of this world, our love of money, our people-pleasing, all of these sins that we hate. We do what we do not want to do. And the very thing that we hate, we keep on doing it. We even find that when we want to do the right thing, that evil still lies close behind. Even now as I pray to you, my desire to please others and to impress others is right at hand. Lord, I hate my pride. I hate my desire to perform. We hate the lie that says that if we'll just be good and act right and win the approval of men, then that must mean that we've won your approval. We want to delight in your law and our inner being. We want it to truly overflow. You tell us to be holy as you're holy. We're up for the challenge. We desire that. But there's this constant war, this constant captivity to sin, and we cannot escape it in our own power. We're tired of waging war against it. We are wretched. We read this promise and we're so delighted. You tell us who will deliver us from this body of death. Thanks be to God for Jesus Christ, our Savior. You tell us there is no condemnation in Christ. And yet, that sweet promise seems to delay and to delay and to delay. And I find myself praying at night, Lord, why? Why can't you take me away from this body of death Right now. Why delay? You've already made me new in Christ. You've already delivered me from every evil thing. So deliver me. <laughs> Lord, deliver us from the land of sin. Would you do it soon? Would you do it now? And Father, as you delay, because you delight in delaying for reasons that we don't understand, Lord, help us to trust you. Give us a really solid faith. Lord, help us to really rejoice in this horrible journey, because it is horrible, but help us to rejoice in the suffering as we go. As we wander through this desert, Lord, let our feet find solid ground. Increase our faith. Do not let us be like those who die in the desert, but let us finish this journey to the very end. Keep us, because only you can keep us. And when it's all said and done, Lord, as we go through this journey, for whatever reason, let us praise you. Let us glorify you. Let us as vessels of mercy be in awe on the final day as we proclaim you've done it. You've taken us broken and messed up people and you've given us new bodies that will glorify you forever. We long for that day. Lord, get us to the finish line. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In a room uh, full of people this size, I just know it to be a fact that there's someone sitting here. I'm not trying to Billy Graham you. I'm not trying to apply psychological pressure. I'm just saying this as a pastor. I just know it's a fact. There's someone here who knows they need to be up here praying. They know that they need to be asking for God for help. And the only reason they're not is because they're afraid. 
It's fear of man, fear that God won't hear them, fear that God won't deliver them. You, you have to put that fear to death. You have to cry out to God. Psalm chapter 13, verses 1 through 2. How long, O Lord, will you forget us forever? How long will you hide your face from us? How long must we take counsel in our own souls and have sorrow in our hearts all the day? How long shall my enemy, shall our enemies be exalted over us? The microphone is open. No. And then Miss Teresa, I saw you getting up. You might as well come on up here too after him, okay? Lord, I, I lament that we live in a society so morally corrupt, and it's not only our morals, um, our sexual morals, how we act towards one another, how we can cheat one another, how we can uh, try to make ourselves better by lording over one another. But all this sin has, has given us these systems that have decayed and become corrupted, economic systems, our food systems, our utility systems, just everything seems to be decaying and falling out of our control like sand through our hands. And I lament that we have to raise our families and help guide them as best we can through these perils. How am I going to raise my children? How am I going to bring them up when there's just so much terror in the world? I put it all on myself. I work hard. I'm exhausted. And I think what I lament most is that I don't trust you, that I try to save my family. I try to save my friends, my church family through my own actions. And it's just so heavy. And please give me strength, not the strength to hold everything up, but the strength to let go and just to trust in you. Uh, please help me, Lord. asked you to forgive me of my sins, Lord, and, and not trusting you like I need to trust you with, with issues in my life and my family. I'm thinking that I can control everything and take care of everything and everyone. 
when I know it's not me, Lord, doing that, it's you. And I just have to trust you more, Lord, and turn it over to you. And, and I asked you to forgive me for that, Lord, for, for not trusting you more, Lord. And I pray to you, Lord, for all these situations, for my lost family members, Lord. To give me the words to help lead and guide them. To be my great nephew, Lord, who's suffering with dementia and his wife, Lord, who are not Christians and their family. To be there for them and give them the right words, Lord, that they will turn their heart and their soul over to you, Lord. And let them know that what peace it would give them, Lord, if they knew you more during this journey that they're on. Lord, help me be a, a good mother to be able to help my kids, to give them the courage and strength they need to handle matters. Uh, help me be a good grandmother, Lord, a better grandmother on handling children with certain issues, Lord. That And, and Lord, most of all, I ask you to help me not to worry so much and to have faith and turn it all over to you, Lord. It, and help me to be a better wife, Lord. And, and I'm just so thankful for my husband. What a good, strong, godly man he is. And, and how when I'm down, he can lift me up. And he prays for me and our family, Lord. But most of all, Lord, I just ask you to give me strength and to forgive me, Lord, of not trusting you more, not reading the word more, Lord. And, but most of all, I'm so thankful for this church family, Lord, and what they mean to me and my family and to Sean and where we've come from and how far we've grown and in my faith too, Lord, over the many years here at this church. And I just, Lord, also ask you to bless each and every one here, Lord, and that you can touch their hearts and their souls and bless them all. In Jesus' name. The promise of the gospel did not see you there. Come on, sister. Both of y'all just come on down. Is that God sees, God hears, God knows, and God remembers. I didn't know why I was supposed to come up here until I was standing right there. And God revealed it to me. This is something that has been weighing on me for months and I didn't even realize it. I didn't know why I was in depression. I didn't know why I've been suffering the way I've been suffering. And I desperately need forgiveness for it. And I'm gonna cry, so. God, um, I will talk to everybody about everything in my, going on in my life, as all of my family knows. I will tell them all the things. I will open up to them about the littlest details, all the sin in my life, but the one person I will not talk to is you. I say, you know everything. 
you know what's in my heart, you know how I feel, you know I am ashamed, you know I, you know how much, you know how much I care and I'm too ashamed to come before you and actually repent it out loud except very seldomly at night when I have insomnia and I am awake and I am tossing and turning and I can't sleep. But that is not right. I should come to you first and foremost in all things. As much as I love going to my brothers and sisters in Christ, I should come to you first. And I didn't know why. That is why I was drowning myself in entertainment and and anything else that is not your word and seeking your goodness. And I am so sorry. And I am sorry that I have been moping about possibly having a miscarriage right now or it being polycystic ovary syndrome, which could lead to more miscarriages, but it doesn't matter because that's your plan and your plan is good. It doesn't matter. But I just see it as, oh yay, another illness, sarcastically, and that's, that's not, that's not right. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry I don't see the mercies and the goodness that you give me every single day and that I don't rejoice in it the way that I should, the way we all should. And I know, I know we don't do that. And I, I pray that my church, that we all will, that we all will. that we all will find your goodness in just the every days of life, the sunshine, the smell of rain, the beauty that's just all around us, the fact that we can taste different flavors of food just every single day, any time that we want, that we live in America where we can praise you every single day and not get persecuted. These are good and glorious things, God. Good and glorious things. They are beautiful, beautiful mercies, and we take them for granted. Lord, please help us keep sight of this. Help me keep sight of this. In your name, amen. As our sister Jenny comes up to pray, I'm thinking about... Uh, you know, the older saints used to talk about wrestling with God in prayer. And I think myself included, most of us haven't really prayed enough to really understand what that phrase means. But you're probably beginning to feel it right now, right? The flesh is weak. Distraction, Satan. Shouldn't we be done already? 
Friends, we're going to be done when God hears all of our needs. If you have to go, we understand. If you have other things you need to attend to, we understand it's Christmas Eve. But right now, we're just going to keep taking our needs before the Lord and asking him for help. Lord, um, we lament this fallen, sinful world that we live in. Lord, it's everywhere, and we can't escape it. Lord, sin is everywhere. You know, it's in the news, on television, in our workplaces. You know, even if we were to get away from all of those things and be alone, that sin still exists in our own hearts, Lord. And we long for the day that you will finally cleanse us of all of that and sin will be no more and death will be no more. Lord, we, we lament that we live in a country in which women believe it is their right to murder babies and they fight for that right. It's not just that it's okay, it is their right to do so. And that, that's heartbreaking, Lord. Lord, um, I lament that we don't love you enough. I don't love you enough. You who loved us first and who doesn't even withhold his own son from us, and yet I can't take time out of my day to read my Bible. And the fact that we even have Bibles, we live in a country where it's not illegal to have one, we live in a country where you can literally access the Bible in an instant on our phones, through the internet, in any hotel room. We've got Bibles everywhere in our homes, and yet we don't read them like we should. We don't cherish those words like we should, Lord. Lord, you have given us the ability to approach your throne of grace at any moment, and yet I'll go all day without coming to you and thanking you for who you are and praising you. Lord, I feel like I just collapse in on myself sometimes. It's so easy for me to be selfish and to only think about myself and my own needs and what I have going on when there's so many people in our, in our own church, Lord, that are suffering so much more. And yet, I just focus on myself most of the time. Lord, I lament that I, I doubt your, your sanctification, even though I can look back and see that I'm not the person that I once was. I see how much sin there still is in my life, and it, so tired of doing the things that I don't want to do and not doing the things I know I should do. I lament my, my laziness and how I seek my own comfort all the time and how distracted I allow myself to be with all these things that do not matter. It's easy for me to get caught up in all these little things that do not matter, that have no eternal significance whatsoever, Lord. Help me to focus on things that are eternal, not just the things that are here and now really do not matter. They do not further the kingdom. They do not glorify you. 
Help us to, to get those things out of our lives, Lord, and to focus on you. Lord, I lament that even as much good as you've done for me in such a short amount of time that I still doubt your goodness and try to go my own way and try to do things my way and I'm not patient for your timing, even though your timing is perfect. I'll admit how much I wish that if just this would happen or if this would happen, things would be great. Yeah, I rush to make things happen, and then if I would just wait a little bit longer, Lord, you've given me something even better than I initially even hoped for. You just wanted it done in your time because, Lord, you are sovereign and you do things in your time, Lord. But not only are you sovereign, you are good. Not only can you control everything, Lord, you do things for our good and your glory. Even though we doubt that, Lord. Lord, help us to, to come to you more in prayer. To come to you more with our needs. To, to read and cherish your word and hide it in our hearts. And Lord, I also lament that I don't share my faith as I should. Lord, I have the fear of man, fear of losing relationships and contacts with people. Lord, you've blessed us with so many people in this church that have no fear in sharing, in sharing you and I just pray, Lord, that they would continue to be an example, Lord, and you would use them to, to give me courage. Because I can talk about you all day long with, with a brother or sister in Christ, Lord, but when it's someone that, that doesn't know you, I clam up. Lord, help me to be bold in my faith and to share it. And Lord, I'm... Um, I lament um, that my husband's not saved, that he is, he is where I was, where he, he thinks he knows you. And uh, Lord, I'm so grateful that he's been willing to come to this church. I'm so grateful that despite all the hurt that uh, he experienced in church before, that he sees in Sixth Avenue the special place that it is. And that, that we are a body that, that loves one another and loves you. And there is something special about Sixth Avenue. Thank you for, for allowing his work schedule to, to, to be that he is able to be here on Sundays with, with me. And that he's, he's willing to come. And I pray, Lord, that you will just keep working on his heart. And that I would not be a, a stumbling block. That I would, I would image you in the way that I should, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, we pray to you because we trust that you are good, because we trust that you hear us, Lord, because we trust that you will act today, tomorrow, or Lord, in eternity.
<clears throat> Lord, things are not the way they're supposed to be. This is not the good world you created. We have ruined it in many ways with our sin. Starting at Adam's sin, and Lord, we did our best to continue it. <clears throat> Lord, we lament that sin lies close at the door. We can do good in one minute and just so quickly turn again to doing wrong. Lord, we can be reading through a, a John Piper article and then 10 seconds later be looking with lust at an image that we have no business thinking about or letting, letting our eyes look at it. Lord, we lament how our, our minds work in these ways. And we lament that we're still struggling with sin. None of us have any excuse but our own rebellion and brokenness against you to do these things. Lord, even when we're doing good, even when we're taking action to, to help others, to teach your word, to do things you've called us to do, our attitude can be so wrong. We can hold bitterness in our hearts. We can hold jealousy in our hearts. We can let the, the temperature, the hangnail, the whatever we have, drive our hearts away from trusting in you and being contented with what you've given us and, and fall into self-pity and bitterness and anger. Lord, we, we need your forgiveness, and we trust that you will. Lord, we also pray for our brothers and sisters that can't gather today. Lord, across the world, where they can't sing loudly, where they can't gather in large groups without fear of government reprisal, without fear of persecution. Lord, how long will you let evil governments persecute your people like this? How long, Lord, will you let their neighbors out them for being Christians? Lord, we pray that you would come and act and defend your people. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen. Father, I lament that so often I live as if I'm under the law and not under grace. That I see the things that I do in the flesh, the righteousness, not as filthy rags that you see, but as things that are worthy of offering to you. Lord, I pray that you would remind me of scripture that says that we are not under condemnation in Christ, but we are free from our sin. Lord, from every aspect of that, the, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and seeing that our good works that we think we do are nothing before you and before the sacrifice of your son. I pray that you would Forgive me of this. the sins of my life, the sins that I've committed against my family, against my wife, against you, and those in my life as well. Lord, I pray that you would just remind and revive the spirit in me, that you would open my eyes to see your word, and that I would be reminded through this church, through the leadership, that 
there is forgiveness and grace in the gospel. And it is not a gospel of condemnation, but a forgiveness and redemption. Pray that you would help me as I lead this, my family, in this dark and angry and forsaken world. That you would shine your light through us uh, to those, especially in this time of year, that may not have a reason to be thankful. Lord, so many of us have gone through suffering and loss, but you give us joy and you give us just that promise of assurance of seeing you one day and being in utter peace in your presence. We thank you for your love and all these things. In Christ's name. Lord, we lament that there are um, so many children in this world who are not cared for, who are not loved, who are not wanted um, by their birth families, Lord, um, who are abused and not taken care of, Lord. We lament that there are families in the world who uh, desire to um, take these children into their homes and to love them and to adopt them and to care for them. But we live in a world where it makes it hard uh, for these things to happen. Um, it literally costs uh, thousands upon thousands of dollars to try and adopt these children. We lament that, Lord. We lament that um, there are so many families who want to adopt them and bring them into their home, but it the the systems literally make it impossible. Um, we ask that you would uh, make a change in that, Lord, that um, you would allow uh, these families um, to bring these children into their home and to love them and care for them. We ask that you would uh, give us more foster families who are believers, that they would um, have the desire to to care for these children, Lord, and we ask that you would allow the state to not make it difficult for these families who are um, believers who would bring these children into their home and love them well uh, until you bring them a family of their own. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, I thank you for giving me such such a loving family such a loving biological family and a loving church family i thank you for giving me so many blessings and so many opportunities to share the gospel um um i find myself every time that i find you giving me uh, blessings and opportunities to share the gospel, Lord. I, I never take them, Lord. And I'm reminded, especially especially around this time of year, that so many of the people that are close to me are unsaved. And that I have not done nearly anything to help save them. 
Lord, please, please give me the strength and the ability to, to make an attempt to share the gospel with them, Lord. Thank you. In your name we pray. California is going through a very, very, very hard time right now. Um, her parents are getting divorced. Um, and she and none of her family are Christians. Um, I don't think they've ever gone to church. I've tried talking to her about the gospel a lot of times. And um, though um, one time it seemed like she accepted it, um, and she accepted you. I, I, I don't think she did. Um, and I keep trying to share the gospel with her, and but it just seems like instead of um, accepting it, she kind of just brushes it off, and it's it's really hard. Um, She's going through a really hard time because of her parents and her sister, her older sister is also um, very, very, very far off the path um, from from you. And um, please just um, give me the courage to keep trying to spread the gospel with her, even though I I failed to do that so many times, and I just try to encourage her with very um, vague words and. Um, forgive me, Lord, for um, not having the courage to to be better at that. Um, so many of my friends are not believers, and it's so hard because I love them so much, and I just have not had the courage at all to share the gospel with them, and I haven't been trusting in you, Lord, um, that they would be saved so just please, please help me trust you, and please go into all my friends' lives, and just please and and their families, and please help them know you, Lord. Please, I really, really love them, and I really want to see them again one day. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Okay, brothers and sisters, we're going to stop there and uh, respond to the Lord in song uh, before, we, before we end. We have two songs that we're going to sing, but our, our next song, Afflicted Saint to Christ Draw Near, I just want to remind you of the gospel promise that, that God sees, God hears, God knows, and God remembers, and that has nothing to do with whether or not you came up to this podium to pray today in this room. God hears you wherever you are. Because wherever you are, by faith, is in Christ. So whether you go home tonight and you pray with your spouse or you pray with your children or you pray alone in the shower, cry out to God. He loves you. He knows you. He sees you. He hears you. And because of Christ's finished work on the cross, he has already done you all the good that he will ever do 
believe that he will bring it to completion, that you will be delivered. Let's stand and sing.